if you've ever heard the phrase, you're dead to me in a conversation, that's probably a conversation you don't want to be a part of, right? <laughs> you know, it's, in fact, it's not just one of those bad conversations, it's the worst conversation. And sometimes it's, you know, that overreaction. You know, I, I think about kids who, who say, I never want to see you again, right? And then the next day it's like, hey, how's it going? What's up, right? And so, it, you know, sometimes it's just a... a Something we say in the heat of the moment that we shouldn't have said, right? And we come back and we say, well, that was stupid of me. But when it's more than just words in an argument, that's a different story, isn't it? And really, it it only means something, that phrase only means something if it's based on a relationship. You know, if a stranger walks up to you and says, you're dead to me, you'll be like, well, that's a little weird, but okay, you know, I mean, I guess... (laughs) But if it's founded in a relationship, that's a different story, isn't it? It cuts deeply into our hearts, doesn't it? Relationships have been severed using their words. You know, some parents have actually severed their relationship with their children using these words. Some uh, some children have severed that relationship with their parents and each other using these words. You know, whether it's best friends or whether it's a spouse, these words have been used to sever relationships. Even some bosses have harshly just cut off their employees from from using uh, using these words and just saying, get out of here, right? Don't come back. And usually it's a response to a decision that that was made or something that's taken place in in their lives. It's it's a final declaration. It's a, a no going back, right? It means that these are the last uh, times that I will be spending with you. And they are by no means happy moments. So when we come to the Bible, we we don't really expect uh, God's Word to encourage this kind of talk, right? And and even more that it should come from our mouth, but we're going to look at some verses today that give us freedom in one situation to declare, you're dead to me. In fact, it's more, I'm dead to you, but we're going to take a look at that. We're going to be looking at several different verses in Romans chapter 6. Um, and and uh, I want you to find your place there because really we're just going to be looking right around in that, in that area. But I want to share this key verse with you uh, that the rest of what we're going to talk about and the rest of this chapter really centers around. It's in verse 11. Romans chapter 6, verse 11. It says, Even so... Consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. It says, because of Jesus Christ, you can say to sin, I am dead to you. And first we're going to talk about ending the relationship with sin. We're going to talk about this idea of you are, uh, I, I no longer have a relationship with you, sin. Romans 6.11, the beginning of that verse, it says, even so, consider. Other translations use the word reckon, and, and that idea, that word reckon, is actually a financial term. It's an accounting term. It's speaking of a calculation. And, and Paul says here in this, in this verse, do the math. He says, figure this into your equation of life, because things have majorly changed. So you could take this to the bank, you can go ahead, cash the check. That's the kind of idea that this word reckon is talking about. That's, that's what it's speaking of. Make this statement, I am dead to sin. The relationship 
is over. Because here's the thing. Sin has reigned in our lives. Now, if you've lived very long, you know that, right? Each of us has been in a relationship with sin since the beginning of our lives. And, and right in the chapter before, in, in Romans chapter 5, it tells the story of Adam, the first man, and, and how his actions gave sin the authority to rule over our lives. And ultimately, sin's goal is to destroy you. Well, that's some good news tonight, isn't it? <laughs> the goal of sin is to exterminate you, to get rid of you, to destroy your life. Romans 5, verse 12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered uh, into the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. And the first part of verse 21 says, Sin reigned in death. Sin reigned in death. So here we are being led and being, uh, um, actually, you'll, you'll see later that, that it says we're slaves to sin, we're bound to sin, and yet Paul is saying something else, right? Our relationship with sin only led us to pain. You know, there are those good times that you think about, right? Sin is fun, it's happy, it's good, but we willingly follow sin down a path of deception. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 12 and 13 say, there's a way which seems right to man. You know, we, we come to a situation and we go, man, this makes sense. You know, I can do this and I can do this. I can get away with that. I don't have to worry about that. There's a way which seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. We find out at the end of our road, there's nothing there but death. It says even, uh, verse 13, even in laughter, the heart may be in pain. It says even when we put on a good face, guess what? That doesn't mean things are okay inside. And the end of joy may be grief. If you look back at, at Romans, we're going to see in a moment in, in six, uh, chapter 6, verse 6, it says that we're slaves to sin. So not only were we in a bad relationship that wanted to destroy our lives, but, but we were in a relationship that we were powerless to change, that we were powerless to break up with sin. We couldn't say to sin, get out of my life. I don't want to see you anymore. So what is it that Paul is factoring into this equation that causes us to be able to say, you're dead to me. I'm dead to you, sin. How can Paul make this claim that we are no longer in a relationship with sin? I hope you know the answer. Because Christ changed everything. Look at verse 6. It says, knowing this, that our old man, our old self, was crucified with him. You know, we think a lot about the death of Christ, right? And we, we talk about what it means for our lives, but here it says you were crucified, your old self was crucified with him. That the body of sin, that, that the body that sin had claimed to, my life, my body, might be done away with. 
that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. The one who has died is free from sin. The thing that that sin had hanging over our lives, right? The thing that that, uh, we couldn't get around. The final destruction of all that we are and all that God would have us to be, Jesus took it away. He took away the threat. And by taking our death upon himself. And actually, as we identify with him, as, as as we partake in that with him, he is taking us with him into death a place that we could have never gone alone. So when Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that, you are, uh, that those who have trusted Christ for their salvation are new creatures, new creations, it literally means new creations. It's something different that wasn't there before. You're different, you're new. The old has, go- uh, the old has gone, the old is dead. And really, I'm dead to it, to sin. Our passage, uh, a little bit earlier in this passage, uh, speaks of the powerful illustration of baptism. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. It speaks of, of when we take that step of obedience, we are showing what Christ has done in our lives. And we are identifying with Him. We're saying, I died with Him. So sin can't can't change my destiny. Verse 8 in chapter 6 says, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Because of Christ, because of our faith in Him, we can say to sin, I'm dead to you, but alive to Christ. You know, we can say, you used to have some sort of entitlement over me, right? You used to have some authority over me. It was only natural for me to fall into sin. It was, it was so easy, but not anymore. We're done. We're through. Our relationship is severed. Has that ever happened in your life? Or are you still in a relationship with sin? I want to tell you, the, the path that sin will lead you to is death. It's separation from God. But if that relationship is severed, what a gift we've been given. What Jesus offered us isn't like any other offer that you've ever received. You know, I, th- I think about our team that's in Thailand right now and, and the predominant belief of the Thai people, uh, Buddhism, is that you have to rid yourself of all attachments, you have to eliminate all cravings in your life, and then maybe the suffering in your life will be diminished. Wow, that sounds like hope, doesn't it? The ultimate goal is to rid the world of suffering. So if we all get on board, if we all do this, maybe, just maybe, we can accomplish this. Life's a battle, they would say, and you have to win the battle in order to be free. You know, other religions have paradise waiting for you, but only if you live like you should. Their God will only be satisfied if you get it right, if you stop sinning. It's, 
It's a pursuit. It's up to you, and you better not fall short. But that's not what these verses, that's not what faith in Christ says. It says, when you trust me, when you put your faith in me, the battle's done. It's over. I, Jesus, have already defeated sin. It says, as those who are in Christ, you have died to sin. You are not obligated to it anymore. Nothing else needs to happen in order for God to be happy with you, right? To be made right with you. Live in victory that I have provided, he says. Verse 11, our main text says, Even so, consider, reckon yourselves dead to sin and alive to Christ, alive to God in Jesus Christ. And you know what struck me most about those two words, uh, uh, sin and alive to God in Christ is, is that one of them is based on a one-time event, our death, right? Our death to sin is a one-time event, the severing of our relationship with sin. But the other, this other word, alive, has a continuation, has a continual state. He's changing our life, our lives, uh, and that change is long-lasting, in fact, it's everlasting, isn't it? One is about looking back with gratitude and amazement and saying, wow, thank you, Lord, to a distinct moment when it all changed for you. And the other is an unfolding story dwelling in the reality that he has given to us. His life. Not only does he want our relationship with sin to be over, but he wants us to be living like it's over. Look at verse 2 in chapter 6. It says, How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? That's the question, isn't it? How uh, and why do we keep going back? Now that, that we know sin's intention for our lives, now that we know that sin's intention is to destroy us, now that we have been freed from its grasp, freed from its authority, why do we go back? And that's why Paul gave us this challenge in verse 11. Reckon yourselves. He says, plug this equation into your life. Don't lose sight of this. You're dead to sin. Verse 12 says, Therefore, Paul says, because you know the truth, because of this thing, this reality that you are dead to sin, he says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey, that you should obey it in its lust. I want you to notice that it's no longer a matter of authority that sin has over us. It's a matter of permission that we give to sin. Read that again. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. Before we came to Christ, before that relationship was severed, we couldn't, uh, we couldn't really make those good choices, Right? When we came to, to, to a situation, our natural inclination is always to go the wrong way, isn't it? It's no longer a matter of authority that sin over, has over us, but it's a matter of permission that we give to sin. Sometimes we live like sin still rules over us, that it still is reigning over us. We live like it's too strong, like it's too powerful, like it cannot be overcome. 
But that's not what his word says. It says that we make a choice. We allow it to be a part of our lives. Look at verse 13 in chapter 6. It says, And do not present or, or do not yield your members, your body, your being. Do not yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. Paul says, don't let sin use your life. But, he says, present or yield yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. He says, let God use you. He says, yield to God. This idea of yielding is giving in, of giving over control, of, of giving up your way. And we can either give that control to sin or we can give it to God. In Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 8 through 10, it says, now, uh, But now you also put them all aside. It says, Put these things out of your life. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since, or because, do these things because you have laid aside the old self with all of its evil practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Earlier in, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 5, Paul uses the word mortify. He says, kill it. He says, do away with these things in your life. Find them, search them out, and allow or yield to the Lord's work in your life. You know, yielding is a lot like going through your kids' clothes and trying to get them to get rid of something, right? Have you ever, had parents, have you ever had that frustration? Like, like okay, we, we're getting out the bin, you have to try on all of these clothes. Yay, right? Everybody's excited about that. It takes forever to get them to try them on, and when their favorite t-shirt is finally too small, you say, you know what, it's time to get rid of that. And they always yield, and they always say, okay, mom, okay, dad, right? No, it's, no, I wanted it, it still fits, see, right? <laughs> In our walk with the Lord, we should be saying, what about this, Lord? Should I keep this? We bring everything before him, every aspect of our life, and sometimes he says, get rid of it. And we can either say, okay, Lord, you know best, or we can say, I want this one. But it doesn't fit you anymore. I, it's my favorite sin. I don't want to get rid of it, right? Can I just keep it for a little while longer? He says, no. It's not you anymore. Get rid of it. It doesn't make sense to keep it anymore. And you know, it's not an easy task. And, and sometimes when we talk about this problem of sin in our lives, we, we declare the truth that it's God who does that work in our lives, right? It is God who, who, who uh, helps us and, and rescues us from ourselves. But guess what? We have to yield to that. We have to allow Him to do that work. And we can put the brakes on it. We can say, God, don't go there. I don't want you to mess with that. You can do this, but not that, right? 
But it's amazing when we say to him, okay, Lord, you can throw this out in my life. It's amazing what he does. When we say, okay, Lord, this is a problem that I have in my life, would you take it? Would you allow me to just turn it over to you? And it's based on who we yield to that determines who can use us. If we yield to sin, we will allow sin to use us. If we yield to God, we will allow God to use us. Verse 12 tells us to be an instrument, to be a tool for his use. In the hands of a craftsman, right? A tool can be used to do some amazing thing. To, to bring about an amazing uh, piece of art or, or to build an amazing building, amazing houses, all these things. So whose instrument are you going to be? Because even though you are alive from the dead, even though you don't have that relationship, that commitment with sin anymore, you can still allow your life to be used as a tool of sin. Later on, at the very end of this verse, at the end of this chapter in, in Romans chapter 6, a verse that many of us have, have heard before, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So as you are free from that, you have been able to say, I'm dead to you, sin, but don't be fooled. Sin still brings about death. You know, we think of this in terms of those who don't yet have a relationship with the Lord, who, who have a natural relationship with sin, but it's also a warning for believers. The wages of sin is still death. Your sin might bring about the death of a friendship or a marriage. Your sin might bring about the death of someone's desire to know God. Your sin might bring about the death of healing and restoration. So when we say to God, when we say, God, I don't want to get rid of that. I'm going to continue to keep this. We could be affecting someone else's life. We can be affecting even our own relationship. Your sin could actually bring about your own physical death. We can make Decisions that are not in line with what He has for us. We can be a tool, an instrument of sin. Or we can be an instrument of God. Paul says, don't let sin use you. Don't let sin have that kind of power over your life. You don't, you're not obligated to it anymore. Let God use you instead. He can use you to share the message of Christ. He can use you to show the love of Jesus. He can use you to heal and to restore what's been broken down by sin when we yield to Him. And He can use you to demonstrate the life of the one who is dead to sin and alive to God. Make no mistake. God is using your life as a demonstration to others. Would you allow yourself to be an instrument of righteousness? 
But what about you today? Are you still living in a relationship with sin? Would you say, I've tried and I've tried to get out of this trap, but it's hopeless. I can't do it. Listen, you can break up with sin because of the death of Christ and his power over death. You can declare, I am dead to you, sin. If you need to trust Jesus to do that in your life, wow, why not do it today? Why would you go another moment? But I want to ask you, if you have made that decision, if you say, yes, I am dead to sin, yes, uh, uh, God has done this work in my life, are you living like it? Are you living like it doesn't have rule and reign over you? Are you allowing sin to have control, to have its way? Listen, would you yield to Him? Would you allow Him to do His work? Would you live in the relationship that you have with Almighty God through Jesus Christ? We can be dead to sin and alive to God. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you and we thank you for the great victory that you have done on our behalf. Lord, I pray that your words would ring true on our lips. Lord, you have done something on our behalf and you have made it possible for us to say, I'm through with sin. Lord, would you do a work in our lives and in this place? Lord, would you allow us to say no more? Lord, I, I want to get rid of this and yield to you. Be used by you for your purpose.